you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Around the NFL Podcast. That woman engaged herself to me. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. That's one of the great, great West stories. And not only because it's a great story, tying back to West's past and a woman that was very dead set on starting the clock on what she perceived as what her life should be, which included getting married fairly quickly and then having kids and settling down, I believe, in Cincinnati. Um, but the fact that West told the story so often uh, and mentioned it so often it, it tickled him to no end. Uh, so it kind of hit it hit on two levels. So, uh, you know, another great reminder of Chris Wessling there. I never knew that woman's real name. I just knew her by that tagline. <laughs> she engaged herself to me. Uh, today, any thoughts there, Greg? I thought, you had, I thought you said it well. <laughs> I don't know much about her. <laughs> no, nobody does. It's, she was basically that woman for uh, many years in the lore of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, speaking of Wes, this is um, a, a bittersweet uh, episode uh, for us because Greg rolled out his top 101 NFL free agents of 2021. And if you have any knowledge and back history of this show, um, and I'll speak personally on this, I loved the top 101 because it's it's really the 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 beginnings of uh, the scientist lab, uh, something I pumped up to no end, it was about the top 101 where Greg and Wes would come up with their own list and then kind of work together to figure out a final 101. Uh, Mark and I even countered with our own like underground list uh, that people really seem to enjoy um, <laughs> and maybe in some levels on some level was superior. But the one that was the, the, the canon for NFL media was the West Greg edition. And we're going to get to that today um, in addition to some news in the NFL, including uh, a big decision by uh, one of the great defensive players of the last 25 years. Uh, but, uh, Greg, you did, uh, I thought you really, uh, you know, well-written and well-thought-out. The, the intro for the Top 101 
you you kind of reminisced about the exercise and uh, doing it with Wes all those years. Yeah, this is one of you know many times of year and yeah, just things in the last three or four weeks. It's been tough. It's tricky. Like I don't know, you know, I I know you guys are dealing with the same thing. Like we're podcasting and like we're we're going through it as as friends and coworkers together and I don't know, there's no right answer, but it was really emotional for me last week um doing this and just everything. Like it's still so fresh, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I did think about how Wes and I's relationship was so much about like arguing. It started that way, like on AOL Instant Messenger at, at Roto World about fantasy rankings, just like going back and forth. And, uh, and that continued here for the last seven years doing this. And I do think it mellowed out in the last few years. And I think that, I think Wes's cancer battle was part of that. And maybe just us getting older. Like we, it, it was like less, it was almost like we didn't want to waste our time arguing about football rankings, um, as much, but, um, but I still, I, and I, I wrote about that. I still thought about how, you know, this fall, um, driving back from chemo, you know, football was certainly still a big part of the conversation. And that's like, you know, that's a huge part of your friendship because that, that's like, um, I don't know. It was just like a nice dose of normality in, uh, in what was such a brutal, which is such a bad year overall, um, to just like talk football and go back and forth. I remember us like trying to rank where Justin Herbert fit, um, <laughs> like among all time rookie quarterbacks because we both sort of loved them. And that's, you know, that's, there is something, uh, about that. Um, Seth Payne was on our show, not to keep going on, but, uh, I remember he said he, you know, and this was, you know, before Wes passed, but he thought, I, I thought it was interesting to hear from a listener that he thought the way that we interacted and and showed our love for Wes during the season, he thought was, you know, really affected him. And because that's sort of like how guys love each other. And that's sort of what I think about when, with, with these rankings and stuff like that, that is part of how you show you love each other is because it, it, mean, it means everything and it means nothing. And we sort of like understood that that this stuff, it didn't really mean everything, but it was like also how we found joy and like friendship and, and love. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love the way you put that. And that is, it is a very, a guy thing uh, because sometimes guys, you know, struggle to um, show how much they mean to each other. And then it will come out in something as passionate as an argument about where Marcus Mariota belongs on a list. And you and Wes, um, both respected each other so much as well in terms of your football knowledge, and that's why you were the scientists. So it was always great theater on the show, and not to mention, I think it also made the best type of this exercise, which you see on every other website. Um, this one, I think, uh, you could stack up against any other. So, Greg, um, you know, this is a a, a different world uh, for us now as a, a trio uh, without Wes, but uh, there are all these little micro things as well that I guess some of us go through individually, you doing this without him. Um, that certainly qualifies. So, yeah, it's tricky. Cause it's like, like, and I know, you know Mark's I'm looking at Mark and he, he making me emotional and it thinks, I don't know. Like, aren't you guys struggling with this? Like, the it, the public part of it is like, I don't know. It, it's it's tricky because like, 
I everything we're doing is like we're celebrating. I thought Damashek, so many people have spoken so well and we've done our best too and I love that too. But um it's like part of me is just like sad, you know, and pissed off too a little bit. And like that doesn't necessarily make like good podcasting. But mm-hmm. podcasting is like you know, our job too. Like, so it's just very, it's very hard to navigate. I, I have been really struggling, struggling with that part of it, like the podcast part of it. I, I, you don't need to comment on that. I don't know. I'm just getting it off my chest kind of, cause there's part of me that's just like pissed still too. Like pissed that he's yeah, doing I'm this. I'm totally with you, Greg. That, I mean, you know, is- like, like he's, he would like not to do the whole, like what he would do. Sorry to cut yeah. you off. But it's like a, a little bit of me is indignant. Like Wes would be, indignant you know what i mean right like he we didn't see this coming not not now you know so that's still we have to let ourselves feel that too we we do something as a group it's just an organic thing but like i feel like every few days we'll be on a group text chat and we'll be sharing photos uh of wes and you go um the way things are now and everybody has them like you have a photo cloud that and for all of us we're lucky enough we have families and we have all these like treasured memories of our kids and times with our wives and families and friends and we're all kind of looking back and and reminiscing about the past um which feels like a romantic now when you look back at the four of us together and some of the amazing things that we got to do together and when friday night when i went i was looking for um just going back in time at different combines and to see last year we were in that luxury suite at um, I almost called it the Hoosier Dome. I'm like 100 years old uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, it was Mark wearing a ridiculous terry cloth robe from the hotel. And it was uh, Daniel Jeremiah <laughs> sitting with us talking about, you know, Justin Herbert and the incoming QB prospects and Joe Burrow. And it was me, Greg and Wes and Wes could not look any healthier he couldn't look any more alive or vibrant and it just struck me and i think that's part of the thing that's that sucks and makes me mad is like how quickly it all changed and it went from wes with us looking better looking frankly better than all of us sitting in that suite to being gone one year later when the combine should have been happening um that gets me mad and i know um we're all on the same page there just that you he was taken from us and in such a sudden way not in the way like someone can lose a loved one in an accident or an act of violence or whatever but the 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 ravage of the second cancer i don't think any of us were ready for anything like this so it's it is a process and i'm with you greg that it's been strange doing this it really is yeah and don't take my silence for a lack of thoughts i i just um you know we all were together this weekend too and It's hard. It's okay. Like, I I think that's, it's all okay. Like I, you know, the the thing I just mentioned about anger, like I tried to even, you know, it's like, you gotta, I want to let myself feel that too. Like it's so, it is so recent. It's like on, on some level our like the natural human instinct is like to start moving forward and it's. It feels like it's been a long. It hasn't been long. It's been like less than Three and a half month, weeks. Man. Yeah. It's been less than a month, and uh, and so we thank our listeners too. You know, obviously they're like part of this too, but they. Un, I think you know they they get you guys get that we're we're going along through it, and like 
you know, sometimes it'll be like a, I, I can I can do like a normal show be, and and put my mind into that because we're professionals and like I enjoy doing a normal show that has nothing to do with you know that doesn't have to do with West necessarily because we we've been doing that and that's what we do and we love doing that. Um, but the the whole like thing where it's combined, I, there's no avoiding that. I guess mm. you know, like it's. He is our friend privately, but there's no avoiding like how it's all um, mixed in together. So that's just something we're gonna have to figure out figure out as we go. Yeah, I was just gonna say like what Mark was saying is like we were all together this weekend, and it was so happy to to be with you guys and all all of us be together. But it was in sort of that moment that I was like oh my god, like he is supposed to be here. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was like so hard. Yep. It it has been nice to have each other and we got, everyone got together at at Connie and Gonzo's and Lakeisha was there with Link and Rhoda, uh, Lakeisha's mother, and that that is all great. Uh, But it does, like like you guys are saying, everything, you're doing that and you're doing it, you feel like it's the right thing to do to get together and, and 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 spend time with each other, especially after realizing how things can be taken from you so quickly. But then at the same time, there's just this like, yeah, but this is the exact type of setup that the one person above all of us would have enjoyed. And it's him. It's him. I'm throwing cornhole with Gonzo. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, Wes taught me about cornhole. This guy would have been playing. I would have been playing against him right now. So, man, it's tough. And we're, we're, we're doing our best. And again, we thank all the listeners, um, for, uh, being so supportive and being cool, uh, uh, during this time. And we know it was a loss to you guys too. So, um, just three and a half weeks out and uh, we're figuring things out. So today's show, yes, the free agency, free agency one-on-one, we're going to hit that, but let's do some news first, uh, including yes, big news involving um, an all time. Great. I'm eating burritos bigger than your ass. So you would think that's an awkward transition, but no, uh, Wes, I think would have gotten a kick out of JJ Watts saying I've eaten burritos bigger than your ass. Um, all right. The Cardinals are the team that lands J.J. Watt. What's that all about? Arizona Cardinals signed the former Texan to a two-year, $31 million uh, contract. This comes after weeks of speculation that Watt would land elsewhere, the Packers, the Browns, the Bills, the Steelers, all teams that a lot of people thought. I mean, to that point, um, our TV producer, and he does a wonderful job for us, Jason Kleinman, uh, had sent me a text um, just this morning before the news went down that J.J. Uh, Watt apparently is on Peloton and he had listed under his bio SB56, Super Bowl 56, ellipses, GB, ellipses, CLE, ellipses, BUF. So like a little Easter egg buried within his exercise bike apparatus. And then he goes and signs of the Cardinals. So, Mark, uh, I know you're probably, I would guess, A, without putting words in your mouth, you're disappointed because the Browns would have been a nice fit. Uh, B, what do you think about where he ends up going? I kind of loved the landing spot for him. Um, that's assuming that you get, um, you know, Chandler Jones playing at Chandler Jones levels. But that defense, I thought made some strides and were interesting at times last year. And it was guys like, you know, Buda Baker, um, Hassan Reddick, who, you know, blew up in the wake of Chandler Jones not being out there. And so I love the idea of, of J.J. Watt being added to that. You're, you have a ferocious 
uh, pass rush, and it, it complements, you know, what they're trying to do while growing on offense. Um, to me, it's a good landing spot. Am I disappointed from a Browns angle? No, but I never really bought the idea that he was going to take, like, because just no no humans seem to do this in free agency, less money to play for <laughs> right. what he saw was a Super Bowl contender. I think this is a, this is a contender. I think that they were a bit of a disappointing, um, uneven team a year ago, but it brings um, a total new uh, intriguing angle to the defense. And I, I I think that if you're Russell Wilson and people like that in that division, you're thinking, whoa, what happened here? This is an ugly development for the rest of that uh, division. Yeah, Greg, we don't know. We, like Hassan Reddick, as an example, this guy had, what, seven sacks in a game last season. Uh, he's he's on your free agency 101 list. Chandler Jones, a year lost to injury. We don't know if all these guys end up with J.J. Watt, but if they do, that is an interesting wrinkle uh, to this team that maybe you have this, like, three-headed Ghidorah pass rush. <laughs> uh, Jones and Watt, you know, are two of the best, you know, pass rushers, defensive linemen in the last decade. So it's pretty interesting to have them playing together. They're both in their 30s now. But you put up the Our Lads list of, like, their, you know, depth chart, and it's all red. And red means you're a free agent. So it's not just Reddick, but, um, you know, Corey Peters, who was – started early and then got hurt for them. Devondre Campbell, Patrick Peterson, Drake or Patrick, they have a lot to do on defense in terms of free agency. But that's a fun that's a fun combo, Jones and uh JJ Watt. And I think it speaks to them feeling like now is a, a time to push. Like that they could not afford a six and ten season necessarily in a very tough division or that maybe Kimebaum who's had a lot of chances there and Kingsbury, you know, I think they're feeling pressure to, to keep the ball moving forward. And Mark, you made the good point on, you know, taking less money. I mean, it just I it just goes to show I think these other teams that that we're more obvious Super Bowl contenders. We're just not going to offer that much money. So it it does come down to that. He got twenty three million guaranteed. He's going to get fifteen uh, per year. Uh, it's basically a two year thirty one million dollar deal that he'll probably see both years, and that's that's good money. That's that, like that's pretty good money. I was going to say that's good money, but that's not break the bank money. What, had you heard uh, Mark something about what the Browns offer or if they ever made an offer? Like what were they prepared to pay? I didn't, but their cap situation isn't terrible. I would imagine they would have been competitive and maybe, you know, maybe some of these teams did offer that and he chose Arizona for a specific I, reason. I like the idea of him having, not being the only guy on that line because in Cleveland you would have had Miles Garrett and JJ Watt. I mean, you know, the metrics show how incredibly effective he was as an internal inside, inside pass rusher too, you know, last year and he played a ton for them. So I just think it's, it's the versatility is there. And I mean, I guess you could have, he could have looked at other teams, but I don't know what the, what the Browns offer. I don't think I guess it was this much. they weren't hmm. close. That's, that's the thing is, you know, he is, he is an older pass rusher. You know, those guys don't necessarily get break the bank money. It's like Clowney last year probably reg- regrets not taking an early deal because he ended up accepting like one for nine. So sometimes things change fast. And my guess is the Cardinals were financially a lot more aggressive than some of the teams like the Bills and the Browns who who wanted them but wanted them at their price, maybe two for 20 and like 12 guaranteed or something like that, if I had to guess. By the way, though, Dan, um, not to throw Kleinman under the bus here, uh, no. but that was a fake – J.J. Watt Peloton. Oh, right, and it's and it was it was 
KJ Watt, and you know, I am a, a novice compared mm. to you at Peloton, Dan, but I I found it suspicious um, when mm. I took a look at the the overall presentation. A little Peloton prankster was up to his tricks. It w- oh no, Field Yates was the one that tweeted it out. Yeah, I, I mean, in in fairness, like a lot of NFL media, what a who, snake you know, pit. Who right. just, uh, you know, should have their journo hats on and maybe not just accept every. Um, oh, that's a bummer. You know, you know what? I'm gonna out there. I'm gonna put it on Yates because I don't know him personally, and uh, let Jason off the hook on that. Okay. I I do know. Interesting Field. approach. I do know Field, but uh, you know him. But he's I don't. A nice guy. He listens to the show. At least he said that. I believe him. I, I believe listen. Him. I'm Field. not burying Field. I'm just saying. I'm not going to take blame for it, even though I spoke the words into the microphone. So if then I have to assign blame to someone. Am I going to do it with the guy, Jason, who does great nah. work with our show? Or Field, a perfectly um, a good man, I understand, and a great NFL reporter. I got I to gotta bury Field in the biggest of all spots. It's a very interesting process that you're going through here during the show, Dan. He did, um, Field did do the like Homer Simpson walking back into the bush thing afterwards. He didn't delete it. It was too late. People people knew he had he had done it. Ouch. Um, he, he had to. Well, just, JJ shot it down too. He said, "I don't even have a bike." No, tough sit. He would for look funny on a me. Peloton bike. Would he? Would he would just look like he those would bikes kill are, it. Yeah, I don't know. He looks like too large of a man. And to the money thing, the fact that the Cardinals probably just you know offered far more. Compensation. It's not really a chase the ring destination, and you could, I guess, squint and say, "Oh, Kyler Murray, you're three, and you know you you can look at things. Maybe the Cliff Kingsbury thing clicks, and the defense uh, with this monster pass rush. Uh, I guess, but to me, a team like Buffalo uh, or Pittsburgh, that would have been where I would have guessed. And then Cleveland, because Cleveland's buzzy now. So this is to me a big surprise. That he went there, but good for him. Get that money and playing in a, it's a nice place to play and live. People love Arizona, uh, professional athletes especially. So, all right, Ring, rings are you. great, but your last, you know, monster payday of your lifetime, I usually ends that up can weighing, be great too. Yeah, way way larger. Not ev- maybe not for everyone, but I guess that I think that normally weighs larger. All right, let's say, let me just to have this right. I want to look it up. Spot. Rack, is that how you say it? Spotrack. I never. In there. <laughs> I like overthecap.com, but they both work. They both. All work right. Out. I just want to know how much he's made. Career earnings. <clears throat> so I prepare to bury JJ Watt. Hang on a second. Career work. Okay, he's made oh. o- over a hundred million in total cash. Uh, wh- if you said to JJ, uh, how much is he getting guaranteed here, Greg? Twenty-three. Okay. You get twenty three million, and you go to the Cardinals, and you have a a twenty percent chance of winning the Super Bowl. Or I can give you twelve million guaranteed, and you have a seventy percent chance of getting to the Super Bowl. <laughs> what do you pick? You take the money, you take the guap, or you take a better chance at a ring? Because I, I think, think he's he telling us what he chance. picks. You know, he's yeah. he's telling us, and like I I am a little surprised by the landing spot, but I think you know you've got a quarterback on a rookie contract, so. The Cardinals, two off seasons in a row, have taken the best player away, not named Deshaun Watson, from the Texans. So, uh, you know, Ooh, I like that the the Hopkins mix. And it, to, to play devil's argument, you know, if you're white, and I I don't think he's thinking this way. Is I like, like devil's argument better than devil's advocate? 
person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it would be like, it's impossible to know who's going to the Super Bowl anyways. No one, you know, none of these teams have more than right. like an 8% chance. And so is the difference between the Browns and the Cardinals worth like getting excited about or even Bill? Even Bill like really almost okay. any team other than maybe like the Chiefs or something. Uh, you know, it's like who really knows who's going to Yeah, because I wouldn't have the same issue if he went to the Browns. I would be like, oh, this is a smart move for a team on the rise. But like what's the difference ultimately between the Cardinals and the Browns right now in terms of Super Bowl hopes? Maybe not that different. Bills no, and I mean, Pittsburgh? Too much yeah. can change. Sure. It's hard to get there. It's hard to All get right. there. Uh, in other news, other quarterback news, this according to The Athletic, the 49ers have connected with the Panthers, uh, checking in on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, the latest sign, if this is indeed the case, uh, Greg, that San Francisco is looking to either replace Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback, or bring in someone else as an option. Because even when Jimmy G's on the field, uh, I mean, even when Jimmy G's on the team, you can't guarantee he's on the field because he's injured all the time. So it makes sense to have somebody back there. But uh, yet another sign here, uh, Greg, that San Francisco is very curious about what else they could have behind center. And that, you know, Carolina seems, you know, dead set on moving on from Teddy Bridgewater. This was kind of buried in a Carolina article of what they might do. And it sounded like the 49ers checked in maybe early in the offseason, especially when you're getting all these Panthers want to do this and that reports, um, you know, including this, you know, they went hard after Stafford. Um, and since nothing happened and since then John Lynch and Shanahan have kind of come out pretty strong for Jimmy G. It makes me think maybe they were just checking in to see, Hey, if you want to give Teddy away, like we take them, but you know, they're just, they're poking around. I'm with you, Dan. I think they're going to bring in, I, my guess is that they're bringing someone with Jimmy G and maybe it'll be a Teddy type or maybe it'll be like a rookie. We'll, we'll see. I mean, John Lynch has sort of been vocal about the fact that they needed to, upgrade the backup quarterback position and if you're if you want to go back to the what ifs had this had the Patriots signed Jimmy G and um you know a little bit earlier and and not allowed Tom Brady to stay there as long I mean which would have been a nonsensical move I mean Jimmy G is what Tom and Brady is not in the sense that he's not stayed healthy and you got these quarterbacks that you know maybe they are uh not elite but they are giving you availability week after week and they we've seen two seasons under Kyle Shanahan go totally haywire because Jimmy G got hurt and he get he gets more out of backup quarterbacks than anyone in the league I'd say and so maybe if it's Teddy not as a clear competitor but someone that comes in and can prevent the Niners who would have been a playoff team last year minus the health issues mm. um, more security at the most important position uh, in other quarterback news rap sheet reported that the Washington football team is um, ready to part ways with Alex Smith, the 36-year-old reigning comeback player of the year. We know his story. It's inspirational. Aspirational? Is it both inspirational and aspirational? You could aspire to do the same thing. I, I don't think many athletes would want to duplicate what happened to Alex Smith so far. Tiger Woods would like to. He aspires sure. to have a similar path. Anyway, uh, he's owed... Uh, $26 million this year, and uh, Washington saves a s substantial amount of money if they cut him before June 1st. Uh, so, Mark, it looks like the end of the road uh, for Alex Smith in Washington. Uh, it feels like a guy, if he still wants to play, that would be an excellent backup somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. At this point, we just don't 
have like eight or nine quarterback positions um, that are like dangerously vacant. So I don't know where that landing spot would be. People have mentioned the Jaguars because there's a relationship with Urban Meyer um, and they'll have a Ooh. rookie and it could be like, a you know, he can that go play. The, I think it does make sense. And I mean, even Alex Smith, um, you know, because he's one of the better guys out there too, said, look, I know that I what happened last year in Washington totally upended their process of looking for like a long-term quarterback. So I think if you're a Washington fan, um, this was the desired result. You don't go back into next season with that same situation. You've got Taylor Heineke, and you're gonna you draft someone if you're not going to make a trade for someone of name of note. Smith Smith had a very like honest interview with Esquire. You know, he said they kind of messed. He messed up their plans, right? And this it made me annoyed with the whole like sports blog blogosphere. And you know, I we were part of it too. I worked at PFT and was part. Of, you know. And I, I see what you're doing with the headline, like Alex Smith colon, like I messed up Washington's plans. But it, it's like that's not he, like we we want our on, athletes to be honest in an interview. Like, and I you knew exactly what it's saying. It was interesting hearing it from him that they basically thought he wasn't ever going to make it back, and that they were going to get the some of the cap space for him last year and not have to pay him all this guaranteed money. It's like, well, of course they thought that. Like it was a crazy. Comeback, and and the only reason he even ended up on the field is because Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins either stunk or got hurt. You know that that was why he got on the field. I was just I was actually impressed with how he played. I thought he absolutely deserves uh, a job. Now I'm not saying he's like a top forty quarterback, but he's like a backup type, and like those guys like him who are so good with young quarterbacks, they last till they're like thirty eight or thirty nine. Like so, he, I think he does deserve a roster spot somewhere. If, if, if you're a coach, if you're a coach, think how much it would mean to have Alex Smith on your team. If you're not leaning on him to be your starter, I mean, sometimes right. the quarterback rooms are decided by the veterans that are in there helping the younger starters to see things that they they never would otherwise. It's like Alex Smith rips Ron Rivera. No, I mean it wasn't. Really <laughs> and while you could connect the dots, and that's how this this stuff goes often in our league and you can say okay send him to Jacksonville as the backup I don't know about Alex Smith he's not playing if Trevor Lawrence is healthy he'll, he'll never get on the field unless uh, something terrible well, happens I don't think he's going to have rookie. a chance to really compete for a starting if that's well, the only thing he wants me, but maybe he will retire yeah maybe he'll retire then. here's the second part of this because I think he would have value um, as a backup I wonder if he's looking at some of these jobs where if I have a path to get on the field, like Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami last year, Fitzpatrick's a free agent. Uh, Pittsburgh with Big Ben there now, like maybe you go, go in there and you, you're <sighs> the in case of emergency guy room. there. Uh, yeah, it is. And how about the Eagles? You know, you go in there behind Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts doesn't pr- progress, all of a sudden you're, you're on the field again as the starter. I would think that he's probably unless he wants to be a backup the rest of his career, would, would want to maybe got, go on a team where he had a chance to play. He, here, I, I'm with you. I, I just think it'll be a hard market for I, – you know, I, I go on one hand to saying I was impressed how well he played you know, relatively, and they won a lot of games with him. But when you look at the free agent market, I don't even think he's going to crack my top 101. There's some pretty good backups out there. You know, Jameis, if you consider him a backup, whatever Cam is, Fitzpatrick – Tyrod, to me, I would take over Alex Smith at this point, probably. What about the quarterback that you have at 101? Oh, yeah. Let's wait, but stick a pin in it. Stick a pin in it. We're getting there. Big reveal. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right. In other news, uh, Peter King, read it during the offseason. Read it during the season, too. But his Monday morning uh, quarterback column um, had a a nugget in it that a 17-game 
NFL regular season is, quote, highly likely this year. Uh, one bye week, so it's, it wouldn't be two bye weeks. The playoffs, uh, everything gets bumped back a week. So the Super Bowl, hypothetically, which is played here in Los Angeles in 2022, will be February 13th to February 6th. You ask me, all this is inevitable and there's no sense fighting it. Although, Mark, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I would say if you're going to really start moving around the schedule and February is a dead sports month, you might as well just back it up and connect it with the weekend after, which is President's Day weekend, and then do what we should have had in this country for the last 40 years, uh, that the day after the Super Bowl is a holiday where you don't have school and work for many people. And all of a sudden, Sunday becomes this big party where you don't have to get up in the morning for work and school. That would be my only tweak, but I also don't need, Mark, I tell you this, I don't need another extra week in the season and another extra bye week. It already is very long for folks like us. Well, it's Think of us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like for some of these teams, when you get into you know post November, where yes, these cer- certain champions are being forged, but other teams are like wandering in total darkness. There's just a I could think of a number of teams every year where it's like I don't. It's a it's a it's a, not a joy to watch them at this point, and I and, and their journey needs to end sooner, not not later. Um, but. Like, I will say this, that it was inevitable. It's not a surprise at all. And based on what King reported, looking at what that um, extra game would be, it's AFC versus NFC with a different division than you'd face that, that year. So next year they already have, like, the AFC North will be battling on that that 18th, 17th game against the NFC West, and it creates some really spicy um, extra matchups. So that's a positive. They talked who, about who the Browns got, you know. Cleveland, based on what I'm looking at here, would play Arizona. So here comes J.J. Watt into Cleveland to find out which one of those two teams were the real Super Bowl contender. But then they're talking about, you know, the the wild card weekend, which was, um, you know, there was a lot going on a wild card weekend with so many matchups. But one of them would be moved to Monday night, potentially. So, you know, they are going to continue to put put as much football as they can. Well, but, you know, winning playoff team on a short week. But the other here's the flip side to that: the team that that plays that Monday night would have an extra day or two of rest um, coming out of a really long regular season. So King was suggesting that a lot of coaches would like that. But you're right; that's it's it's new territory. So on the other end of it, you're getting that extra day. Okay, all right. I mean, this is, or you're getting an entire off season, depending on <laughs> who loses. But. We've been doing this too long, and this is very inside uh, football or whatever. But my first reaction is seeing this story takeoff was like Ian being like like we've known this for a long time why is he getting all the credit for breaking this you know like because <laughs> like, we I guess we kind of had but he was just like putting the box around it. it's something I feel like we've forgotten that this has been coming and, and Goodell has uh, kind of mentioned it um, but here it is it does show the the power of the NFL that like all these TV deals are getting signed after the pandemic with no problem like doubling the money and rising the money in the 17th week. I like the President's Day idea. Dan, that's a really good idea. Um, but I don't want, yeah, even one extra week seems like a lot right now. I mean, it, that it they're, they're playing with fire. I know it'll be fine, but I am one that believes 16 is a lot to ask. It's just different than other sports. You know, it's why the players have had issues. Uh, when you just think about the state that these teams are in, like Mark said, it's, it's just a lot to ask on the body. 
to make these right. guys play anymore. I, it's just it's not like it's not like baseball or whatever where you can just throw extra games here or there. Right. In the NBA, it's like there's all these discussions, and you know that I have my takes about uh, the length of regular seasons in other sports, but. Um, it's like let's oh, we'll go just, through it again, though. Well, no, but let's rest LeBron for like ten games in a row because we, because guess hey, what? He's the regular played every season, game this year. He's well, I know that, for but that it's MVP. just utterly meaningless. But football isn't that way, and you can't do that. But one little thing that I that will um, annoy me um, a lot visually and in terms of just the way I think about teams. I know we will going. never have an eight and eight team again. I think that eight and eight sometimes perfectly describes what a team is and there are no 500 records um and and unless what they'll probably do is turn it into 18 games a few years from now and we got nine and nine teams which also uh sits poorly with me it would it change jason garrett's whole legacy like eight and eight was a yeah. thing for a long time <laughs> an odd number an odd number is weird but if you want to look at it half gla- glass full and coaches will love this it's like at the end of the season you're either above 500 or you're below. Which side do you pick? I'm like, they're going to get a lot of miles out of that. <laughs> well, you're right about that. Um, all right. Uh, and by the way, just looking at the, not the NFL calendar, the straight up Earth calendar, uh, be aware that Christmas this year falls on a Saturday. Oh, I saw this too. There will likely be two games on Saturday. So just keep that in mind because I know we have young children and families and lives. And then... And this speaks, Mark, you and I have been doing this a long time at NFL Media. Greg, I think you might have even been here the last time it happened. 2022, Sunday, falls on Christmas Day. So what are they going to do, just a full slate of Saturday games? I think that's what they do last time. That's, that's what they did last time. Yeah, no, I was there. I think that would have been 2015. Well, I think it happened two it years up. in a row right. for us, didn't right. it? Well, because okay, we one, they moved Eve. it to Saturday, and then one, they have to move it back. You're right. We're in a bad little a little uh, couple of years here. We, we had a nice little run there where it was the holidays are falling in the beginning of the week. Now it's bang time. So just buckle up. Uh, one of, last little thing. Yes. I hope all this, uh, you know, we're kicking everything into overdrive here with the schedule. Can, are we still going to make one team play five preseason games? I, can, can that part, if that isn't corrected to some <laughs> well, they're, degree, they're moving it back at least one game. That right? They're they're chopping one game off. But I think can that's we it. come out having learned anything from this past season, though? And I'm talking about OTAs, all this business. Can we be a little bit less frenetic? Okay. Preseason. I mean, I think OTAs in the offseason program are important. Maybe we don't need to be so, you know, like slaves to the coverage of it as much. But I think that especially for the, the younger players, the, uh, the preseason, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, how about this two preseason games? Case yes, closed. That's plenty. Okay. Uh, all right. Deshaun Watson, you know, we touched on it briefly on our last show that the Texans seem so behind the times right now and not understanding – uh, really anything, having any awareness of what's happening in their building, outside their building. Rap Sheet reported um, last week that no one believes Deshaun Watson will be traded. And uh, PFT wrote something this week that Watson would lose over $20 million if he sits out the season. And this idea, Greg, that the Texans, yes, all these teams are trying to figure out their 2020 plans and and – or 2021 plants and ostensibly so to 
are the Texans, but at the same time, they're on their own timetable right now, and they're not even answering the phone uh, when Deshaun Watson calls come in. So the idea that this is going to maybe go past the draft, whether or not Watson comes or goes, and how does that impact landing spots and, and interest in a trade? They're probably going to end up, Greg, just screwing themselves on this, and they'll get value maybe that isn't at the same level if they would have just mm. accepted it now, make the move ahead of this draft. Uh, this could end up backfiring on them. Well, I just think, like, what's the intent of putting this all out there and so and not answering the phone, which is which to me is really interesting. The Panthers reporters said that, you know, like there's that's how they're deciding to play. I mean, they know what they're doing. They know there's a chance that he might not be there, but their strategy is we're not going to answer the phone. We're going to put out there that we got no timeline. We're digging in. So that I I take out of that that a trade is you know less likely to happen before free agency you know when we hear this about the the deadlines I don't think it's impossible I think if like the Panthers picked up the phone and like before Nick Casario could hang up they were like five first round picks or you know what I mean it's like I don't know I think they would they would listen but they're trying to drive the price up and it feels like the draft is more the flashpoint but I'm not ruling out that the draft could could be in play I think something that's like just you know poisonous and concerning if you're David Culley, the head coach who walked into this bee's nest. And I understand wanting the opportunity and coaches have a mindset where, you know, we don't we don't um, dwell on the negative. We, we're going to go in and succeed and come go around obstacles. But this is the biggest obstacle any team in the NFL has faced in a long time. And Watson has basically said to Culley when they talked, like, my issues aren't with you and they're not with Nick Casario. So those two making good with him has no impact on this decision. It's, it's much deeper. It's with the owner. It's with the journey, the loss of trust. And I, and, and here's the problem. Like what other core, if let's say they move on from Watson and this will be for another day, but whether it's you're drafting a rookie or bringing in another, another young quarterback, like these guys talk to each other. Um, they all see what Deshaun Watson's gone through, what he is. Um, intending to do with his career, they're not going to be happy to be there either. It's a mess. That's what's happening in the news. All right, let's get to it. The top 101, Greg, where does this one stack up uh, in terms of uh, pure talent in the top 20, talent overall? Is this a good free agent class, a bad one in the middle somewhere? Where would you grade it? I, I my. Instinct was it wasn't as good as the last couple. But then I went and looked back at these lists, and, man, there were some dark years, like in 2013-15, where it's like Jairus Bird is number one, and it gets down pretty quick. So that's sort of what normally happens, because I'm anticipating so many of these top 20 players are going to get the franchise tag. So, you know, know, Dak, Allen Robinson, Leonard Williams possibly, Justin Simmons, Chris Godwin – so many Taylor Moten, maybe Brandon Scherf, like so many of these guys that Galladay that are in the top fifteen that you're like, oh, those would be cool. Those will get tagged, and then it's not as spicy. But there's there's good depth, I think, in the pass rush. I think there's good depth at safety. Uh, it's not as many good wide receivers. I don't think. I think there's more quarterbacks that are uh, available than usual, even though no one seems too excited about them. I mean, it's better than normal. Like guys who could actually be competent. Who was that again? You had the example. Jairus Bird. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Jairus Bird. Our guy. Um, All right. So, with that said, good little setup there, Greg. I'm going to read off uh, one through 10, just if you're curious, and check out the whole thing at NFL.com slash 
Top, top one, 101. Top 101. That's easy. Uh, you have Dak at one, Trent Williams at two, Allen Robinson three, Leonard Williams. Look at you, buddy. All the way up at number four. Justin Simmons, five, Chris Godwin, six, JJ Watt, seven, already off the board. So we're down to a top 100 in a way, almost to the point where it happens so close to the publish, Greg, that maybe Watt comes out and then you give it a true 101 vibe again. But then again, you're taking out some ma- major name brand appeal there. I understand. It's, you know, I thought that's not up to me. But yeah, once these guys get tagged, they're going to get taken out. So you have to write up some extra ones. There's going to be cut guys added in. This right. is a living, breathing document. I, I would it. imagine that this the, the Watt news development maybe even shook up some some art attached with it. If they were to publish it certain ways, it probably Absolutely. caused all sorts of chaos for the people behind the scenes. Shaq Barrett, much to Mark's chagrin, up at number eight. Aaron Jones, uh, the running back at nine, and Taylor Moten, um, number ten. Okay, so let's have some fun with this. First of all, let's get Ricky involved. Um, at some point, Ricky, I want you to jump in and we'll do – a, a random pick generator and you just you're going to throw a number out there and then we're going to talk about whoever that is you want to do an as an example do one right off the bat sure okay let's see hold on we gotta like spin, I'm gonna, spin a wheel or anything yeah i'm gonna pull up got google Uh oh. let's see let's check out her search history here <laughs> yeah oh my god okay. ricky you ready? gotta you use incognito ricky you gotta use incognito <laughs> All right, number 12. Okay, right off the top, uh, Bud Dupree. That's a good one. All right, so you got Bud Dupree, the edge rusher uh, with the Steelers, age 28, blew out his ACL, which was a major bummer and setback for the Steelers. I like that one. I like the generator, Greg, right off the bat, going with some intrigue. I like him as a uh, uh, kind of a tough decision whether to go all in on a guy like him. I I do too because I think it gets at what, to me, was the hardest part of uh, ranking this class and the best part of this class, which are the pass rushers. I, and I kept resorting it how, you know, and Dupree was lower for a while. And then I thought, you know, ACLs aren't as big a deal as they used to be. And it's more of like a three-year deal. And he's, you know, really, um, diverse in terms of his skill set. And so there's a whole bunch of guys that I, I talked, you know, Shaq Barrett, Watts now off the board, but Shaq Barrett, Dupree, Carl Lawson, who I really like uh, from Cincinnati. Uh, Ngakwe is out there. Matthew Judon is out there. How How is the market going to value all these guys? They're all pretty good pass rushers. I ultimately put Dupree pretty high despite the torn ACL because Trey Hendrickson is another guy from New Orleans. Ooh, I like him. Dupree ended up going up above all those guys because I just – I know. I think I know what I'm getting with him even coming off an injury. I I think he's a little more complete than the rest of those guys. Um. I just want to get this out of the way because, uh, you know, if Wes was involved with the list this year, he'd definitely be lower by by virtue of the averaging of the numbers. I cannot believe you have Jameis Winston at 23 on this list. I mean, that is – it's almost like you're punking uh, the audience here, uh, Greg. Your, your write-up reads, it will take the right coach, but Winston can improve a handful – of starting quarterback situations. Don't be surprised if that happens in New Orleans. First of all, I'd like to know uh, which which situations he's improving. And Mark mentioned earlier 101. 101 is, is Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and I am not a Mitch Trubisky fan, but can you honestly tell me that these men should be separated by 75-plus spots 
Or you've been drinking this Winston juice for so long, and now on top of you digging in your hills back with West during the times of Mariota Winston uh, back at draft time, now he's got that New Orleans Saints-like slickness on him, and you love that too. Like, why? How in the hell is Jameis Winston a top 25 free agent based on the tape he's put out there in his entire NFL career? Come on now. I did put in the intro how I heard Wes's voice often while doing these. And, you know, one of it was like, you got to be kidding me with Jameis Winston. I mean, he would have put him at 75. Uh, and then I did bump up guys like Mike Hilton, who I know uh, Wes loves, you know, for. But uh, I look at quarterback differently here, where to me, if you have a chance to even be an average starting quarterback, you get a huge bump. I just think the position's worth so much that that's why Winston, Cam, Fitzpatrick's fairly high in the top 40. Uh, but Winston is the one out of all of those uh, that I would I think has has a real chance to have a good second part of his career. I know you're burying him, but it's like imagine if like Sam Darnold had a third of the stats that Sam, Jameis Winston did in his first three years. Like he is produced, and here are the teams he could upgrade as a starter: the Patriots, the Saints. Um, I'd have to. Keep going through to find some more. I mean, it's not, a t- but I think he could be a starter, and he's my favorite of all the free agent quarterbacks. Him with Sean Payton, though, I would be intrigued. I would be intrigued to see what that what that could be. And um, he, I'm with you that, like, for me, if I were, if if like you know, 85 people quit NFL.com and they had me do this list. Uh, I would probably also put quarterbacks just much higher than other positions, but that does beg the question, and I couldn't be more down on Mitch Trubisky. Sitting him down at 101, um, I mean, it's also kind of an intriguing number just to put a quarterback at. We've done it in the past. I know you have with Geno Smith and others, but, I mean, he's being a little devalued then at 101 because he could be a starter in certain situations depending on what happens. Well, as you, I can't believe I'm defending you, Mitch Trubisky. You guys, you guys know this, but if there's any new listeners, 101 is a special honor that we we usually spent more time kind of debating who's going to be the 101 right. this year. It's got to have some pop. It has got to have it, sizzle. It, it actually it doesn't even make sense because as guys come on and off the list with franchise tags and cuts and whatever, we still leave the it's anchor at 101. <laughs> like Trubisky really would be moving up for a while, um, but he just felt he felt good. That's that's my evaluation that I don't think he... And you project. It's, it's I don't think he's good. I, I think he's just a, an okay backup and a, with limited upside. I have him lower than Tyrod, for instance. And I get it, Greg. I mean, it's part of this, and it's why you're being paid, is to project and you see Jameis Winston at some time, and at some time becoming... Because, yes, I'm sure he put up numbers that you could look back and say, oh, these are pretty good numbers. But he just never... There's a reason Tampa Bay got rid of him. Um, and he barely saw the field last year, of course. And like for instance, you have Andy Dalton. He might be down a little at, high. He might be down at forty eight. I mean, and and I'm not saying Andy Dalton is anyone's like a example of a, a star quarterback at this stage. But like, who would I rather have as a my backup or a fringe starter? I would take Andy. Even Ryan Fitzpatrick, who you have. Uh, which I was pleasantly surprised. You have him higher than I would have expected uh, at 30. At 30. Um, it just, to me, again, points out, like, what has Jameis Winston done uh, in his career? I mean, at the I mean, same time, Ren Patrick's never been to the playoffs, but... He's very clearly above your Dalton line then, Greg. Jameis Winston. Ooh. Well, he's above <laughs> Dalton. It's a good question. Uh, like, these these are all these quarterbacks, and I'm throwing Cam in there, who I haven't totally given up on either. Uh 
that I would put below the Dalton scale, actually, you know, in terms of are they a franchise guy right now? Are they better than average? Uh, but I think you could, like, survive. Jameis is 27. That's part of it, is I do think there's a chance here he can have this uh, a pretty good second back half of his career. It's like, think of Fitzpatrick at 27. I, I do think that that there's there's a route here where he is a a mid-level starting quarterback. And I guess it depends on how much you value that. Like, was that is that more than – do you want that more than Romeo Aquara on these rankings? Like, I don't know. There's no right answer. <laughs> you have I'm Jake, with you on that. You have Jake Brisket at uh, 63. I feel like in the 60s would have been my spot uh, for James Winston. But that that's – it's over. Let's – I want to throw a couple out there. Why don't we do the generator again? Yeah, let's hit the generator again see what's going on. This time okay. Mark has to talk about him. All right, 81, uh, Mark. 81, I'm sure I'll have no, no, end Mark this, on, no end to the comments. Alden Smith, edge rusher, uh, most recently well, with the Cowboys. Nice um, he was a big comeback story. Uh, is that somebody you want on your team, Mark, if you're uh, uh, looking for some pass rush? I know what the Cowboys were trying. Like, they were trying to do what I think another team could do. is like you add them to what they thought would be a spicy defense. I think it's just hard to evaluate Almost anyone from that Cowboys defense last year because they were so disorganized. I mean, there were complaints about the coordinator right away. Alden Smith, I thought, had moments where you saw it. And I mean, this is still one of the most mesmerizing, edge-rushing athletes and just physical presences that I can recall like covering in the NFL. He was so incredibly... um, ferocious with the Niners and created such havoc for him to go away and go through all he did and come back and look at times really productive for the Cowboys I would take a shot I also think that like part of free agency this time around is going to be trying to get guys on lower money um, shorter term deals that might have a little upside and this someone you have to it's going to have to be the right environment the right coach the right situation but why not? He could add a little pop to a team. I mean, I don't think it's it's just, a, you know, the teams are going to be more cap-strapped. I kind of like the idea of him going somewhere and contributing. Um, could have been well, a comeback player of the year in a normal year, potentially. But he faded hard down the stretch. That was why he got buried a little bit in these rankings. I want to share some buyer bewares um, when I looked at your list. So maybe I disagree a little bit with the placement, but not even so much about where you have the place, but just thoughts about where these guys are going forward. You have Corey Davis. He's ranked number 32. Um, you know, once upon a time, a first-round bust. Um, and then he finally broke out this past season and had almost 1,000 yards in 14 games. I do have concerns, Greg, that a team looks looks at that fifth season and says, okay, that's the guy that the Titans thought they were getting. And then you move him out of a situation where you have the 2,000-yard rusher in Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, the monster wide receiver on the outside, and you put him into a situation where it's not so – and a really fine quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. If you don't put him into a situation where he's just a piece of the puzzle, I feel like that could go sideways. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought that was having him fairly low, like guys like Curtis Samuel and Juju and – are ahead of him. He uh, he would have been a fifth year option type, and they didn't. They like declined it. To me, that's that's a red flag. Like they, 
I know he had a nice year, but they valued him so little a year ago that you didn't even give him that option, which is its own conversation. They've done, done that back-to-back years with Conklin and Corey Davis, and I don't know if that's really paid off for them, but I, I'm with you. I, I would be a little worried about him just because he's like young, coming off a good season. doesn't mean he's worth huge money. Their but, offense, too, seems like it clicks because all those parts fit together so well. And like I'm with you that if he goes somewhere else and it's just an add-on, like I would much prefer like Curtis Samuel, for instance. I think he could kind of do it all for anyone. They got a lot out of him last year. Like you had, uh, I believe, at number 100, my boy Brashad Perryman. Another example, like if you're going to go get Perryman, don't do what the Jets did last year, which is hope he's going to be your big deep threat on the outside and really need a big presence. You got to kind of slot him in the way he was in Tampa his last season there, where he's just a piece of the puzzle and then he could give you things. It's about um, what you're asking for certain guys. Richard Sherman at 59, um, more like an age thing that you, you could get sucked into the name brand side of things. And I don't know what you're going to, how many 33 year old cornerbacks play the game at a high level? I know he's a legend or, or not, maybe not a legend, but a Hall of Famer most likely. Um, that one's on my radar. Antonio Brown at 64. I think you kind of wrote about it, Greg, but I don't like him anywhere but under, uh, you know, Tom Brady's thumb and having that situation under control. Um, Hassan Reddick, he's interesting. We talked about him earlier with, um, with the news of JJ Watt. I, I would like some, and Greg, maybe I'd be interested in your insight on this one because he had that, uh, historic level game, uh, last November or December, whatever it was that spiked his numbers, but is is he a guy that, oh, I'm I'm a team desperate for a pass rush. Is Reddick going to be actually the guy you want, or was that a bit of a inflated situation, a guy that hadn't done a ton in his first few years? Right, another guy that would could have been a fifth-year option and they didn't even put him – like, he was on my potential cuts list going into last season. Like, that's how much he transformed his career. I always am wary of those guys that just have – you got to look at – the last four years not just like the one year like where they suddenly pop sometimes it sticks though you know sometimes it sticks and they change their career but i i would be wary he reminds me a little bit of he's not you know nearly the player but d ford a few years ago where kind of popped up and had one good year uh, after having a lot of hype and that has not worked out for the four well a friend of the show jason zumwalt who is a cardinal super fan also felt like reddick last year was used correctly for the first yeah. time and with with Jones out of the lineup we kind of saw what he could do but you're right and it kind of if, if I could throw one buyer beware in there too someone like uh Matt Judon for instance I just am weary of Ravens guys and it, it sort of is the Paul Kruger type thing that happened where he was massively overpaid went to Cleveland and never really was the same guy that like is this because of the Ravens with some of these players or is it because they could go do that anywhere and I they're a defense that they're big free agents that come out of there. Um, I'm always a little bit suspect of. McPhee was another one. Uh, Zadarius Smith is kind of the one exception, but I'm totally with you. Sure. Like he, he is a guy, Judon, I think has a lot of respect as like try-hard guy, you know, lunch pail guy. He's got to do all the hey. – you, know, you want him on your team, but is he like <laughs> some like awesome head rusher outside of Baltimore? I don't know. Nobody's even using – like children don't even know what lunch pails are at this point. My, so. my, my kids, uh, they bring in, they bring in school lunch. You're right. It's not. I think my well, son had a. He had a. Pail. I should he introduce my children to lunch boxes. It's not a thing in our house. I shall, I'll speak only for my children then. Ricky, hit the generator. <laughs> Ooh, 
96. Okay, we're in the deep reaches of the top 101. Stinky. And that will be Dan Arnold, the tight end out of Arizona. Five minutes I, on Dan Arnold, Dan. Go. Yeah, I, I really don't have much to, to say at all on uh, Dan Arnold. And it looks like neither did you because you just have basically his weight. and. <laughs> Wait, what? He's, he's, he's a, good, a good player. I thought he's he good at catching. Some- yeah, he made some big plays for them. I, I think you could get him at a good value, and he'd over, he'd exceed what you what you might be guessing. I mean, I right, hit the like generator that, again. That, that deadline. No, I like it. First of all, Dan Arnold is Kevin Arnold's dad on the Wonder Years, so that's something. Well, uh, that's that worth extra money right uh, there. But here, he's he's the one Dan point Lord. I want to make on Dan Arnold would be is, you know, he's only two hundred and twenty pounds. If you're two hundred and twenty pounds, just like be. Be a tight end. Call yourself a tight end, and suddenly you're like one of the most athletic pass catching tight ends in the league. Uh, I don't know why he's a tight end and not a wide receiver. Or what it is exactly? Because he is like unbelievably athletic. But it's like if then if he's a receiver, you wouldn't be that impressed. By the way, the actor that portrayed Kevin Arnold's father was Dan Loria, oh. um, and his name on the show was John or Jack Arnold. Well, sort you can it's see where correction. I, I can. Yeah, absolutely, it. absolutely. All right, generate me. 28. Okay, let's, this is better. Let's get into the top 30 again. Number 28, it falls on uh, Hunter Henry, another tight end. Okay. Mm. You know, I, I think uh, you you had this one uh, hit well, Greg, that he's a guy that's battled a lot of injuries, obviously, and that's something to keep in mind, but he's still just 26. And who knows? Maybe his best football is ahead, and he becomes the guy that the Chargers thought he was out of college, which is like a true star um, guy that would take the crown from Antonio Gates and just pile up 1,000-yard seasons. Maybe he's not that guy, but if he stays healthy, he's a perfectly uh, serviceable 600 to 750-yard guy with a handful of touchdowns, and teams will take that. Yeah, I, I think of those games where he helped win them at the end with Herbert and Rivers over the last few years. How many of those like game-winning drives they had where it included a 20-yard shot up the seam to Henry – they might tag him the second straight year. He would be like the second highest paid tight end in the league. It, it gets into a weird situation, but it's possible. I like him and Johnny Smith. I put Johnny Smith one spot ahead of Henry, but both those guys are, are pretty good tight ends to be available. Now, I have to also say like because of the injuries and, and some you know changes on that team too, it's like tight ends, it's not unusual that they really start to find their way in year three or four, and he hasn't really had like these consistent starts, so... I think he'd be a good signing, but I'd like to see him stay with the Chargers and, and not pull weapons away from Justin Herbert. I know. I'm worried about Herbert. The whole, like, you just hired Joe Lombardi to be their offensive coordinator, I feel like has been under the radar and is concerning. Uh, Austin Hooper, who was a big tight end signing last year in free agency with the Browns, got four for 42. So I wonder if that's kind of and I I don't think he I don't think that he did market. what they thought he would. So you've got to you got to be careful what you're paying to some of these guys. Uh, hit the generator again, Ricky. Make a play, Hooper. Oh, he finally made a play right at the end of the season. All right, so let's move down to spot 24. Curtis Samuel, a wide receiver. I, I like this one, Greg. You you summed it up well in your blurb. Uh, well, speaking of things we miss with Wes, we used to play the game where we would guess, Mark and I, who oh, yeah. wrote which blurb. And it was, it was so always obvious. Very <laughs> obvious. Uh, but the best were when Wes would uh, kind of drift off and get a little more philosophical about something, and the blurb would just be like, whoa, where did this come from? 
um, none of those. But if you want to read some of the uh, older 101s, uh, the blurbs were a thing, a, a, a piece of art itself. Uh, not to take anything away from your blurbs, Greg, which are very good as well. No, they were, you know, those like one-liners on Dan Arnold at like 8 p.m. on a Friday. I'm thinking, what the f*** am I doing here? Uh, You're a master at brevity, though. I will say that's a, that's a very tough skill in writing. And you and you find a way to say something in one or two sentences that um, throws a punch. Maybe that's the old editor. I do try to go back and, 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 and take out a lot on this, on the edit. I See how we that, built him back up there, Mark? Yeah, like he thank was on you. the edge thank there. I mean, it's that. not great. I'm not. I'm not taking any big, <laughs> but I do try to knock out a lot of words on the edit. Uh, the, the, my favorite thing on the 101 write-ups, though, were when Wes complete, especially in the early years, completely disagreed with my ranking, and then even then when it averaged out, and then he got assigned that guy, Ooh. and it'd be like. Yeah, let's say it was Jameis. Let's say he got assigned Jameis it was Winston. This score year. settling time. He would just bury it. It would make no sense. It'd be like number one player, Jadavian Clowney. This guy is a atrocity. He did a little with Brady last year. Um, you know, Brady and Breeze, he thought were way too high, and he just kind of like buried them anyways. Uh, oh, like these good. old guys can barely get out of bed. It's like come on. Curtis Samuel at twenty five. Though uh, what I was getting at was that your blurb. Uh, points out that he's a perfect type of receiver for a lot of the way football is played on offense right now. He's awesome. Um, it just goes to show how much a coach can change your value because now you see all the different things that he could do under Matt Rule. And I was just so excited when they would give him carries. He was such a good running back. He was a good inside running back. It really showed a skill set that was unique. hundred, You don't want to do it too much. He's 195, 200 pounds. But he had this weird mix, kind of like Antonio Gibson with Washington, although you know he's obviously not as much of a running back, where he's like your speed guy on end arounds, but also can be like a power runner who breaks tackles. I don't know. They just didn't used to have players like that. It's pretty cool. They, I mean, I think it helped to have Christian McCaffrey out of the – mix and you saw more of what he could do and I think he gets paid well because you could see him fitting with so many different teams to your point Dan that he just fits what offense is today and I think if anything you'd have to thank Matt Rule and friends for really um, showcasing him last He'll season. He'll get huge money I'm, I'm totally yep. with you. Alright um, I had some value buys here so I'm going to throw a few out there. You have T.Y. Hilton at 47 we saw what he did at the end of the season has to go to the right location uh, right team if he doesn't stay in Indy, but I, I like the idea of him having another year in the tank. I had mentioned Dalton at 48. I think he's a great backup, a fringe starter guy. Chris Carson, the running back at 53. Nelson Aguilar you have at 56, and Marvin Jones at 57. Two veteran receivers. Aguilar finally broke out. I think both those guys are far better options than Sammy Watkins, who you have at 60. And then uh, two guys coming off Achilles. Uh, with Indy that I would think would be well worth a flyer. Marlon Mack at 84 and Malik Hooker at 92. I think any of those guys, if things fall the right way, you might get um, nice production at a deflated cost. Yeah, I always think injured guys are an undervalued uh, part of the market. Like so so many of the best value deals over the years, like Jason Verrett last year. Granted, the 49ers had to do it a couple times to get it to pop, but are just guys coming off injuries that end up being like great players, but they're, they're value. I like, I like Marlon Mack. I'm with you there. Isn't that short-sighted? I mean, shouldn't front offices 
have that same view. It's like we only forget, we only really remember what people have done so recently that the injury kind of takes so much money away from these guys. Yeah, like the one year deal. Like Sammy Watkins is a guy that at this point it's been so often that it makes sense you're gonna he's gonna get discounted. But even he, right. like Sammy Watkins, is the ultimate. Like he's how old? How is he only twenty seven or eight still? It's like it's it doesn't make any sense. Well, it's finally yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He still is twenty seven. He's been twenty seven <laughs> for seven years. Um, but he is finally now that he's twenty eight and he's back in free agency. I think he needs to now hand the crown over to Juju Smith Schuster. For, wait, this guy's still only 27? Like, Juju in three years will only be 27. It feels like he's been in the league for 15 years. So maybe he gets the he's crown. 24. Wow, that's true. Yeah, he I'll be interested in how he gets paid because he's like maybe not what people are looking for, like a Curtis Samuel type. But he is – I think you shouldn't just sleep on like a good physical number two receiver. He should still do fine. Especially for the Steelers and you just, you're bringing back Big Ben. He's perfect for – Ben, if you're serious about, you know, having some kind of talk about a lunch pail guy, Every, people get on. This is why it annoys me. People get on Juju for the social media stuff. It's like if there's someone in the NFL that has the spirit of like Heinz Ward or these like these rugged, like blocking, gonna like take the hardest hit possible over right. the middle guy that you would think would, you know, people would like that toughness. That's Juju. He sort of is a weirdly cast as this like, you know, flaky guy, but that's how he plays football. Mm, he's a study in contrast, is what he is. <laughs> One more time with the generator, and then we'll say generators. We're getting our money's worth from this thing. Generator. We paid like $7,000 for it. 67. Uh, Mark, go. 67. Mark Sessler, Kwan Williams, Williams, the cornerback. I, I, you know Let what? Let it I rip, thinking, baby. I think Kwan Williams, um, you know, another guy that's gone through so much with injuries, but was such um, a signature type Robert Sala guy last year who just they got the most out Ooh. of him. When you look at the Niners, Jets, it's Jaquiski Tart, yeah. it's Richard the Sherman. Sala's gone. Kwan Williams has gone. A lot of Sala, issues Sala. with, like, they're not to do, they're gonna, their defense Sala, is going to look and feel so much different. But Kwan Williams was an old Mike Pettin dude in Cleveland, too. I think he's, um, He's a good player. It's just been durability. I think you know when he's when he's not been available, but um, he played well for the Niners when he was on the. But why do you disagree with sixty-seven? Because I know you do. No, because I think first of all, and this this is why I think that there's a real skill to the way that Greg and and West did this list is that to me, when you get past like sixty, I kind of just see them all the same for the most part. It's like they're to me like there's no difference between sixty-seven and seventy-seven. So you're not, I you know, I can manufacture a hot take. How about put them at sixty-one on our list, Dan? I think we had them up at maybe sixty-five, which is you know that shows that we think a little bit more. About him, but we're keeping our list under wraps this time around. Um, you know, no reason for for controversy. I think that's a smart thing right now where we are as a podcast. But Mark, um, off the top of your head, where should Jameis Winston be on a top one hundred and one free agent list? He maybe is too high. Yeah. You guys making me? I'd put him at. I put him um in the low forties. I. But here's the thing: I'm completely with Greg that if you're going to sign up for a quarterback that's going to start fourteen games, he and, he, and he's serviceable he's good he's much more valuable than than almost anyone else on this list maybe i'm the only one that remembers the game in london that we attended uh james winston when he had 17 turnovers 
I think it's if you put him with Sean Payton, I that's the thing. If you put him, if you put him with you know Pat Shermer, no, thank you. So it's like I to me, it's about where he lands. (laughs) It's one of those things. He started out probably around forty, and then it's like. You do it again. You move. Oh, I like Jameis. We no, need you move him up a little more. Oh, you move him up a little more. But now, if like the file was due after this podcast, I would move him just back to four. <laughs> just from your, just from your influence, Ricky. We need like a bell now. Whenever um, Mark gets in one of his Pat Shermer digs, we got to have just like a little bell that rings. It's like a ding. Did, does anyone else not see a difference between Sean Payton and Pat ding. Shermer? I think that. No, I think you nailed it. I'm just okay. saying that you do find a way to bring that man up in a negative context very often on this program. That's all. Is he still the Broncos offensive coordinator, by the way? I think he is, right? They never yes. they fire him. Because he ultimately, listen, the thing about him is like, I get it, Mark. Like he was a bust in Cleveland, but you could have put, you know, a peak Lombardi in there at that time and. No head coach is going to come out of that alive. Well, it was more that um, there was, I believe it was Mike Lombardi who um, wrote that he had was getting phone calls sort of un, you know unasked for from people saying that whenever we watch Pat Shermer's offense, we know what the play is before the snap. Ding! Consider the source there, but yeah. Well, I am, but I, I, I just, that stuck out to me. And then when I watched them play, it was like, hmm, they do seem kind of milquetoast and predictable. And I don't think that he's disproven that with the Giants or the Broncos. One of those guys, though, that when I saw him in person, I remember after the Vikings lost in the NFC Championship, um, more swole than you would expect, like very mm. in, in shape. good shape. And, and, good, yeah. and, a, and a good-looking guy in his 40s more than I really would have thought. You know, he kind of seemed like a forgettable guy, but he was like, mm. he, he, was, he was pretty jacked. And I conveniently forgot the Vikings um, part of his career, which was spectacular, so consider the source on that front. <laughs> Ding! Yeah, right. It was like Case Keenum running around and like throwing like up in the air and seemed a little wild. Seemed a little wild. <laughs> yeah, he got. I mean, what did he? <laughs> he got a lot. He got a head okay. coaching job out of it, so I don't feel too. Doesn't bad. Doesn't matter. He went to the Giants and he got old man Eli in the first year of Daniel Jones and the 2011 and 12 <laughs> Browns. Like, what is going on there? I think that's Manziel and maybe Josh McCown. Well, no, no, it was it was Colt McCoy and to Brandon Whedon. Where Brandon Whedon's getting lost save it, under a save That's all I'm Pat saying. Pat Shermer right. podcast. That's we, all I'm saying. Cut to uh, my text before the show. I'm like, hey, wouldn't yeah, if we if we have a 40 minute show, there's no hard, there's no crime in that. Cut to you know minute 72 where we've talked Pat Shermer for five straight. Minutes. That's why it's gotten to the point where I don't usually reply to to those, not out of <laughs> any like animosity or anything. I'm just like, okay, yeah. It's if that ever happens, I I will be happily stunned. It, hey, hit us up on Twitter if you think the show is too long. We'll reconvene and re-strategize. Um, Greg, good work, buddy. That is it. All seriousness, that's a tough one um, as we go through this. And you guys are so linked on that top 101. So you did it alone as you had to, and uh, it's good stuff. So check it out, nfl.com slash top 101. Um, next time you hear from us will be Thursday, and we will have a, a special guest lined up. Uh, so make sure you – a former general manager in the NFL – he like actually that. was. He's been on our show one other time. If you, if people really wanted to try to end of the show, yeah, he was actually on our show when they were like redoing the podcast studio at our old office, which we haven't seen in a year now. So this particular person um, was. We were like almost in like a closet, a utility closet, and he couldn't have been more of a professional at that time. 
And it was also, it was, um, it was a part of the studio, the television studio where we were doing it. And I think it was about 25 degrees in there. We're, we're, I remember us <laughs> complaining heavily because there were two or three shows in that room that it was untenable, the conditions. This is where oh. I really wonder, like, what, what, what has happened to me? Cause I really don't remember this. I mean, I remember that studio setup, but I don't remember this guest being us with us there. But I'm going to just trust you. I do. Yeah, I have some theories why the short term memory is not there, but um, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll get to that in another show. All right. Uh, yes. So we'll be back Thursday. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the old boss, the Quiet Storm, Ricky Hollywood behind the virtual glass. Uh, till then, heed the call. How about that? go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.